This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 14th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. The good vibes associated with going green may be the only benefits. Green fads can make us feel good, but often they're more signaling than environmental protection. Todd Myers is author of the new book, Eco Fads. We spoke last week. I worked very briefly in television news, and as I tell people, TV news is not there to inform you. It's there to make you feel informed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you say that uh, in your book that uh, public policy operates in a similar fashion, and I think that's clear uh, to a lot of people in some regards, but you say particularly in environmental policy. Right. So the way that we make environmental policy these days is primarily about making politicians look good and making people feel good about themselves. And when given a choice between policies that actually help the environment and those that make somebody feel like they're helping the environment, uh, people and politicians tend to choose the one that make them feel good. Um, And when it turns out that the policies that they've chosen don't actually help the environment, rather than going back and saying, okay, we need to change these because they don't help the environment, what people will say is, well, it helps the environment if we just do more of it because they don't want to give up all the social benefits that they've received by appearing green all that, all that time and they don't want to admit that they were suckers. And that's more important to them than actually helping the environment. And in some cases, there are uh, subsidy implications to admitting defeat uh, with regard to a certain policy. Yeah, no question. Even Al Gore uh, admitted that uh, corn-based ethanol was a bad idea, and yet we've only finally now gotten rid of it. But we haven't gotten rid of ethanol subsidies altogether. We've gotten rid of a certain type of subsidies. And in in its place, we've put other mandates and other things, uh, both state by state and at the federal level. So even when you win one small victory, it's it's hard to win the other victories because not only businesses, and they certainly take advantage of trendy environmentalism and sort of the latest eco-fad, but bureaucracies as well constantly expand and say, well, if we just had more power, if we just had more ability, we could do more good. Right. And the uh, the information about what actually does constitute green is also a uh, political tool uh, when you have all this money on the line that the government doles out to promote various causes. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh, what they – you often hear people talk about the science. Well, there's often competing science. And even when the science is fairly clear, what they won't tell you is the cost to do something. So a great example is even if you are concerned about climate change and CO2 emissions, the policy of supporting solar panels is a really, really bad idea um, because it costs a tremendous amount of money to get a very tiny improvement in environmental impact and reduction in CO2 emissions. Um, You could do a lot of other things with that same amount of money that would have far more benefit uh, to the environment than solar panels. So even if you decide that the science is settled on climate change, politicians will still do things like support solar panels because they can point to them on roofs as opposed to support other policies that may not be as publicly visible or publicly popular. But again, what's important is the popularity, not the actual environmental impact. Now, you you make clear that the opulence of the reform or the uh, policy matters a great deal. What are some policies that affect people's day-to-day lives uh, that, frankly, don't do much good? 
Well, a, a great example is the push for green buildings and green schools. Uh, majority of states have laws requiring schools uh, to be built to what are called green building standards, like LEED or something else. And in fact, on Earth Day, President Obama is going to go around the country and name the greenest schools in the country. And uh, what our research shows in Washington State, and indeed in other places where we've looked across the country, that green schools actually use more energy per square foot than non-green schools built at about the same time. There's a variety of reasons that this is the case, but the data all say it's very clear that the green schools are actually less green in many cases. But instead of politicians and other folks, architects who are big supporters of green schools because there's increased fees to build them and meet the standards, instead of them saying, these aren't working, these aren't producing the environmental results that we want, they actually defend them because, again, the real value of green schools is on that little plaque on the wall that says green building rather than on, you know, at the end of the month on how much you actually save in energy. You say the word green uh, like kids in the 90s said the word alternative. It doesn't actually contain a lot of meaning uh, by itself, but we can sort of pour whatever we want into it in terms of uh, social good. So uh, how does that term uh, impact people's decisions? Because it does. Absolutely. And people, uh, that means a lot to people. In fact, the left, you will hear often complain about greenwashing. The irony is, is that many environmentalists themselves are now the biggest greenwashers. Um, and it has an impact on the way people respond. And so, for instance, the University of Toronto, there was a study of students who purchased green products and they took two groups of students. One of them uh, purchased from an online store that sold mostly green products and another group bought from an online store that sold mostly traditional products. And then they, in the study, they took these students after having purchased at one of the other stores and they said, why don't we, we're going to take you into another study where you do a trivia quiz and for every right answer you get 25 cents and we don't have time to grade you, so grade yourself, here's the key, and for every right answer, take a quarter out of the, uh, of the envelope. And what they found was is that the students who had purchased the green products from the green store were, quote, more likely to cheat and steal after purchasing green products than after purchasing conventional products. And the reason was is that the students felt, well, I'd, I've done something for the planet. I've shown that I'm a good person. So if I you know, cheat and steal and, and uh, sort of skirt the rules elsewhere, um, you know, that, that's okay. And, and the argument is not that we shouldn't buy green products. In fact, the free market uh, allows the prosperity for people to buy uh, green products and help the environment and use some of that disposable income. And I think that's a great thing. I think that's why the free market does such a good thing for the environment. But what it does show is that there's a strong emotional element to buying green products. And when we're making decisions about those green products, we need to make sure that we're not just listening to that emotional element, that we actually look at, are we doing good for the environment? Are we you know, actually uh, helping? And if we make a mistake, that's okay, but correct it rather than try to hold on to that you know, happy, warm feeling in our heart. And markets are generally better at forcing the emotional realities to confront uh, actual realities, whereas within government, you can, a lie can perpetuate itself for uh, far longer without consequence. That's absolutely right. What I, one of the things that I always say is, if it's not economically sustainable, it's not environmentally sustainable. Because eventually, you're going to run out of other people's money, you're not going to be able to do those things that you want. 
The definition of economics is the, the study of the allocation of scarce resources, and environmentalism is born of a concern about scarce resources. So those two things should go hand in hand, and I think too many people on the left don't realize that. But the United States has reduced its energy per unit of GDP by 50% over the last 30 years. And that didn't come about because of government or other folks. It came about because people want to do more with less. Rather than spending money on energy, they want to put the money in their own pocket to spend it on their family and other things that they want. And that's what the free market really forces, is the ability to use resources in their best way, use them wisely, and give us the prosperity so that it, you know when we want to spend on clean air, clean water, and do those sorts of things, we have the money. It's no accident that the uh, countries of the world that have the best environmental records, the cleanest air, the cleanest water, also happen to be the wealthiest. Todd Myers is author of the new book, EcoFads. You can read more on the wisdom of particular environmental policies at our website, cato.org.